Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Hey, I, we got to celebrate a few things before I jump into the message. And the message I have for you today is not very long. And uh, um, I just want to share from my heart a few things. Uh, first of all is this. Uh, last week, thank you big time. Um, you know, we, we a long time ago last year, we put aside our church of, you know, 100 to 150 people. We put aside $30,000, and we gave that $30,000, even though they're a bunch of Bears fans, uh, to a church in Chicago. And we helped them plant, and they started, they launched their church this year in January 29th. It was our first time ever doing that. And last Sunday, I had the opportunity to head over and uh, be there in Chicago with Pastor David and, and their whole church family. And I just want you to know the impact that we're having that goes beyond the cornfields and now then. And we're having a worldwide impact. I don't know if you know this, but uh, since the foundation of, of our church, we've put hundreds of thousands of dollars into other missions and other works, and we're going to continue to do that. Everything that comes in, 10% goes back out. Whatever you gave today, 10% of that goes back out. And we set some of that aside for church planting. In today's world, there's no greater way of people coming to Christ than through church planting. If it was bake sales, we would do bake sales. Okay, if it was raisin canes, we would do raisin canes, all right? We're trying to attract Jesus, people to Jesus, though, not turn them off. And so, um, what I want to say is this. Last Sunday, it was so cool to be there. They're setting up and tearing down. Uh, they're in a, in a uh, kind of a German event center. They're downtown, uh, Lincoln Square area. If you know Chicago, it's kind of on the northern side by Wrigley Field, not very far from there. And they're on the sixth floor. And behind, uh, where I got to preach was really cool, behind us was the skyline of Chicago. And it's just, it's gorgeous. They've got a great team of people. Um, my blood pressure did go up, though, because it brought me back to our portable days and what that was like. We did that for three years. They're only, you know, eight, nine months in. Um, but here's the cool part. During the message, even last Sunday while I was there, there was two people that were there um, that said yes to a decision with Christ. But here's, which is awesome, just hold on though. Um, David had shared a statistic last week with their church that they have now had, oh, thank you. My. It's all right. My son cleans the church. Okay. Um, love you, bud. He had said since January 29th, they have seen 117 people make a decision to follow Christ. That's awesome. So... We're not there every week. We don't get to be there all the time, but this is the legacy that we get to leave as a church. So, uh, you know, most church plants, when they start, they close their doors. In fact, I have a couple friends of mine that have started churches and have had to close their doors, but I don't consider those pastors, those friends, failures. I consider them huge successes because of the people and the lives that they touched. And so just think, I know we're not there physically but we're touching people in eternity that someday they're going to come up to you in heaven and they're going to say, hey, you never met me, you didn't know me, but I just want to thank you because you played a part of me getting here. And I just want you to see the bigger picture that we get to play a part. Like Lisa, when she was praying, it's not about denominations, it's not about these four walls, it's about doing what God wants us to do. And so we get to be a huge, huge part of that. And so can we just give God praise for that this morning? Can we do that?
The second thing is this. Uh, last week, man, I tell you what, we're going to bring him back here uh, in the next month again. He's a good friend of mine, uh, Bob Headley, and he brought an incredible message. He preached on the Princess Bride and, and took a few things out of that. If you missed it, man, it was great. Um, but make sure you can see that on Facebook or you can listen to it on iTunes. And the thing of it is, Bob came and, and it, he shared the story, and I just appreciate the honor that he, he shared even with you know him and I, our, our history. And he's been in ministry for a long time. I mean, 20 plus years and to have the opportunity to have him here uh, was just incredible and an awesome man of God and I know he loves you guys I know he's he's a product of us he he left a legacy in my heart and he left a you know legacy with what we're doing here and what's interesting is when we started the church uh, we had uh, you know we had a board we have to we had to figure out how do we get a team together I mean you know we we never knew it would look like this someday and we had you know just a few people and I remember one of my board members finally had kind of a come to Jesus moment with me and he took me aside and he goes I got to ask you the million dollar question and he said why would anyone want to go to St. Francis and I'm like I hate you you know like I because I like defend my anybody like defend your like this is my region this is my city you know and I mean we're all perfect here right we, we have no weirdos in our community we, we have I mean we got it all figured out everybody's always so kind to each other you know there's it's obviously God's love in every situation you know especially if you've ever gone around the roundabouts during the bus time at school I mean you know and and I'm like, God chose to put us here. And, and I just want you to know, I don't know every single one of you. I know each of you at different levels. I wish that I had more time in the beginning. It was like, man, we get to hang out all the time. We don't get to do that as much anymore. And, and I just want you to know um, I, my love for you as a person. Like, I just, I want you to know that our desire is for you, one, to know that God values you and God loves you. But then second, for you to know that, that we do, my wife and I, especially our team, like, we, we just want you to come in here and know that God loves you. You're not going to come in here and feel judged. You're not going to come in here and get beaten with a stick. I'm going to preach the truth. The truth is offensive enough that Jesus lays down. We'll preach that and we'll never water that down as long as I shall live. At the same time, everyone's welcome here because Jesus has a way of meeting people where they need to be met. And so, um, you know, it's our job as Christians, I like to say this because I'm a fisherman, it's our job to catch them, we'll let God clean them, okay? And so, let's be on the catching side, we'll let God take care of all, all the mess because every single one of us in here comes from a mess, or we bring a mess to the table, and it's God's job to take that mess and turn it around and make it a glory for Him. And, uh, you know, I, I just, again, want to give thanks, and can we just lift up praise for Bob coming and sharing last week? Come on, lift him up. Love you, man. So last week, I, uh, or two weeks ago, excuse me, buddy of mine, his name's Tim, and uh, Tim Olson, he pastors Cedar Ridge in Ham Lake, and him and I decide to go have our weekly meal. Anybody have like your normal place you go and you eat at? Do you have those places? Mine, you know what mine's not right now, but we, we all have those places we like to go to, we like to eat at, and uh, um, one of our places that we love to go to is Acapulco, and uh, yeah, and, and I got to take my daughter there last night on a date, it was, it was just wonderful, um, but I love their food, their staff, like if you have that place you go to, the staff, they know you. 
right? They like, they know what you order. You walk in and the drink that you normally order is what? It's right on your table waiting for you. That's customer service, right? So, so we pull up to Acapulco in Ham Lake, uh, East Bethel, if you will, just a couple weeks ago. He drives a big black Tundra. I drive, drive a gray key Optima and we pull up together about 15 minutes until 11 when they open for lunch. We pull in and there's a gentleman that's sitting right at the door and he's kind of like looking in the trash. And I just want you to know I'm not perfect at all because there's this little voice, the Holy Spirit, that said, something's off here. Be careful. And, and I ignored it. And I know it's probably just me. I know you guys got it down. But I just want you to use my story as an example. Hopefully it's relevant in someone's life today. And, and I remember... Hashtag sarcasm. And I remember being there... And I'm going, you know what? I'm just being judgmental. I'm not even going to think anything about it. You know, even though this, this guy just looks sketch, looks out of place. And finally, the, the place opens up at 11 o'clock. We both walk in and we sit down. And we even have, like, they have our table for us, right? I mean, this is where we go every other week. So we sit down. We're having lunch together. And we're talking about church. We're talking about what's going well. What can we improve on? And we're having this conversation. Well, our normal waiter was doing the bartending for the day. And so we had this new waitress. Her name's Mary, if you care. And, and Mary uh, comes over, takes our order, goes away, comes back, brings it. And everything's just going as a normal day. Until... Juan, who is our normal waiter, he is an awesome Hispanic dude, stands like six foot three, big guy, muscular. He was the first server ever at the original Acapulco. We've known him for years. He all of a sudden, he looks outside, and, and I see him bolt for the door of Acapulco. And I see Mary grab her phone, and they start running. Juan opens up the door, turns around, and he goes, Tim, get out here now, they're stealing your truck. And so I'm like, what is going, like, you got like two seconds to think, right? And so we, we get up, I leave my, you know, our food had already come, I leave my phone on the table, and we rush out the door, we get out the door, and, and Tim is right there, and I'm right there, and Juan's right there, and Mary's right there, all four of us are there, and we watch the truck back out, his, he's got a big, you know, Tahoe, and uh, drives, or Yukon, excuse me, drives off with his Yukon, and if you've ever been to this Acapulco, he drives across the median onto the, the road right there, 181st, and, and takes off, and, and no joke, I'm like freaking out at the same time because he dropped off one guy. One guy's running into the neighborhood north there. And, and at the other same time, my brain's not working. And so Tim and I start chasing down his truck. We never caught it. And, and then my, then my brain, like it was just adrenaline. And I'm going, what's going on? Like I'm in some like cop show or something. And, and then this is Ham Lake East Bethel. This stuff doesn't happen here, you know? And I'm like, God must have known I needed a sermon illustration. And, uh, and, and so he takes off, and, and we turn around, and within three minutes, the sheriff was there from Anoka County. I'm like, that is quality, all right? Like, kudos to them. He shows up, and, and then I'm thinking to myself, I watch the guy get on, picks up another girl, takes off in his truck, and drops off another dude, and the dude is running north in this, in this uh, you know, neighborhood just north of there. And the only thing in my mind, after I realized we're not going to catch your truck on foot, we're being idiots, I, the next thing I go, what if this guy is like, you know, loaded? Like, what if this guy has a gun? And I'm sitting there, I'm going, I'm going back inside right now. <laughs> so we go inside and we're talking to the police officer and, and Tim goes inside because he wants to check his phone. So he goes inside, gets his phone, and I overhear the intercom from the police officer. I don't think I was supposed to hear it. 
And, and it goes, uh, man down, going 100 miles an hour, hit a tree, uh, black Yukon uh, off of 9 and 181st. And uh, some of you probably saw this in the news. It was on 9 and 58. And, and, uh, and, he, and he goes, uh, man pin, medevac on the way. And, and so it was just crazy. And so Tim comes out, and I just kind of look at the cop, and I go, can I tell him? You know, can I, like, he's like, go ahead. And so I told him, and we went in, and we couldn't even eat. Like, our brains just weren't functioning. And so if you're a guy in this situation, first of all, we prayed for the guy, even though, you know, he stole the vehicle. But then we're guys. So what do you do? Come on, how many of you would do this? We went there, man. Come on, who would not? All right. One person. All right. So we, we like, drove there. We get to the accident, and we show up, and... And it, they wouldn't even let us see the vehicle. And so he wasn't even able to see the vehicle uh, until the day later where he was able to go into the vehicle and he was able to remove his personal belongings. But his vehicle, let me just show you what it looked like. Here it is. The, if, if you, it's hard to see in this picture right here, but the steering wheel's down here. Um, this is the driver's side where the gentleman was driving. There was two in the vehicle. I'm going to come back to that, but I want that to be in the back of your mind right now, okay? I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. So I'm going to leave you hanging, a little cliffhanger, because it's at the movies. You've got to leave a cliffhanger. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to it and end in just a moment. If you have a Bible, I want you to take it out this morning. And I want you to take out your Bible. I want you to turn to the book of Jonah. If you don't have it, we'll go there in just a moment. Um, if we had to title a message today... I would title this message, I usually hate Jonah. I don't like Jonah. Here's why. And I'll just preface this by saying this. Uh, Jonah is my nemesis. Okay? Uh, Jonah, not because I fish and he was in a fish. No, that's not what I'm saying. Why he's my nemesis is because we believe God called us to go start a church. We haven't seen every person in our community yet come to Christ, but we will not give up until we see that, okay? So we're going to get a lot more gray hairs after this, continuing on that mission and that vision. Jonah didn't even want to go, and the whole city comes to know Christ. I hate Jonah. I usually hate Jonah. Now today, not so much, and here's what we're doing. One of the biggest movies of all time financially is... Avengers Endgame. Just by round of applause, who saw it? Okay. So about half of you. The other half of you, either you're not a superhero fan, and that's fine. But here's, there's just basically, there's two different phrases that come up in this movie that I want to paint a picture with you this morning. And so let me go ahead and play with you this first scene. Go ahead. lost. All of us. We lost friends. We lost family. Today we have a chance to take it all back. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Number one, whatever it takes. Everybody say whatever it takes. So here's Jonah, right? Because Jonah, go back to Jonah with me for just a moment. Okay, we'll come back to the movie. But in Jonah, in this book, he is called by God to go to this people group and to start sharing God with them. God wants them to see this revival take place and this thing happen. And Jonah says, no, I ain't going. 
How many times have we ever done that? Right? All the time. And so, Jonah, God's like, no, I care about my people too much. And so he sends Jonah, or Jonah runs away. He gets on this boat with his people, and his people are like, what's happening? Why are these waves coming up? Why are we about to die? And Jonah finally realizes, because I'm an idiot. Like, I'm, I'm literally running from God. Here's what it says. I want you to see this. Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. Jonah ran away from, from the Lord. Tony, are you in here somewhere? Is Tony in here this morning? Can we give this man a hand for his testimony this morning? tell you what, getting to know this man has been incredible, and his testimony is so spot on. Here's the deal. If you leave here today without realizing that God can redeem Tony's life, and not realize he can redeem yours, you missed it. It's about your salvation today. So do not leave here until you text yes to a relationship with Jesus. I want to pray for you. We're not going to embarrass you. That's why we have you text our number. There's, after that, I, I was like, man, I don't even need to preach today because his message is so powerful of a redeeming, loving God that meets us right where we need to be met. Go back to that scripture, Jonah here. Jonah ran away from the Lord. Every single one of us runs away from the Lord in certain ways, certain shapes, certain different times, different, different ways, and with our family, with our life, with our relationships, with each other and with him. There's certain aspects of our life that we continue to run away. And so Jonah was running away. He was running away from his calling. Well, here's what happens. And this is where I think where God wants us to get. God wants us to get to a place, and I'm going to pick on Tony for a moment, in his video where you surrender. You get to this place of desperation. You go, I've tried everything else. I've tried the meth. I've tried the drugs. I've tried the alcohol. I've I've tried everything and none of it works. I can't find anything that works. And finally Tony realizes, as we should all, is that the only thing that works is this loving God that gave absolutely everything for you and for me. And so whatever it takes, we need to go after him. We need to pursue God with whatever it takes. And here's what it says. This is where I I usually like Jonah. Here's why I like him today. Verse 2, chapter 2. Jonah said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Now, I'm not here to, you know, some of us have life and life's going great. Some of us have life right now and it sucks. And here's what I want to say to you. No matter where you're at in that place, if you call to him, he will answer you. Okay? And so don't put your butt in the way. And what I mean by that is, I know, but, (laughs) I know, but, (laughs) God goes, you know what? Your butt's not big enough to get in the way of him. All right? Quote that. There you go. All right? (laughs) B-U-T. All right? B-U-T. Jonah prays. And he goes, God, I I need you to save me. And so he prays this. Do you know where he was praying this? Let's, Let's paint the picture for a moment. Because some of us are weird enough to paint this scene in our nurseries of our children. Somebody disobeying God and goes in this giant fish. Let's put it on the wall. With rainbow and clouds and, you know, a big fish that just ate a guy. And now he smells like poo. I... It's the greatest thing in the world. And this is what happens. He's here and he's in this fish. And, you know, we had a debate in our house. Like, is it a whale? Is it a fish? It doesn't matter, okay? It could be a flamingo. It doesn't matter, all right? And so here he is. He's in this giant mammal or animal, giant fish. And I tell you what, if a giant fish swallowed me, I was kicked off a ship, and I'm in the belly of a fish, I'm 
crying out for God. Yeah, thank God, help me. Because I know what happens if I get digested and I get shot out the other side. And this is not a good ending for me. And so I'm praying, probably a little selfishly, like a little anti-God motive. And we don't know his motive. We never will. I have a lot of conversations I want to have with Jonah when I get up to heaven. I'm going to punch him first and then we're going to talk. And so, um, just because I, I just am envious of why God chose him, I just don't know. But uh, God did. God loved him and God shows you love right here. He gets answered by God. And God answers him in the most disgusting way I've ever seen in Scripture. This is what it says. Go to the next verse. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it, everybody say it. Now, come on, everybody say it. Jonah onto dry land. Thank you, God, for answering my prayer. If you don't think the Bible's funny, you ain't reading it. And, and I'm like... Man, could you just imagine? And here he goes, smelling like puke and snot, right? He's got bodily fluids. He's got the inside of whale blubber or whatever on him. I mean, he doesn't look very nice. Gets vomited up onto the shore in Nineveh. And he like, you know, it's like God rolled out the red carpet for him. He walks up and he's like, hey, you know what? You guys should turn your ways and, you know, make it right with God, whatever. And he walks away. And they're all like, okay, let's do it. That was the greatest motivational speech ever. Ah! And they say yes to him. And they're like, we love you, Jesus, we love you. And God, like, meets them where they need to be met. He utilized Jonah when Jonah didn't want to. But here's what I want to show you in this. Okay? God wants us to go after him with absolutely whatever it takes. Now flip it. He will chase you down. He will make a fish swallow you. He will put you on the ocean and throw you off a ship because he loves you that much. And he will do whatever it takes to get a hold of your heart. Okay? If it's not Tony's video, I don't know what it's going to take for you, okay? I I pray for that heart because your heart needs to be melted and realize there is a loving God that wants nothing but the best for you. Not the person next to you, you. You. He will do whatever it takes. And he did that by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross so that we can have eternal life. We see that throughout scripture, the Old Testament, New Testament. We even see it in the Catholic Bible. (gasps) And so we see it everywhere that Jesus loves us. Number two, here's the next scene I want to show you. Let's go ahead and play this last clip. There. The story. Uh, once upon a time, Maguna went to bed at the end. That is a horrible story. Come on, that's your favorite story. Love you tons. I love you 6,000. Can you pause it? Go to bed. Or I'll sell all your Can you pause it? Alright, leave it right there. Just leave it right there for a moment. I don't know if you heard it. And if you haven't seen it, it's the number one quote in the movie. Number one. Here's Tony Stark. This is his daughter. This is Iron Man, for those of you that don't know real superheroes. And Iron Man's talking to his daughter. And he's like, I love you. And you know, tell me a story, all that. And the little girl just goes up to him and says, I, I just love it. Like, I have to not cry when I say it. But, Daddy, I love you 3,000. Love you 3,000. I'm going to be really real for a second. There are some of you within this room that have never heard anything like that. Never experienced anything like that. And for that, I'm sorry. You've never had a daddy walk into your room, tuck you in that way, and care about you in that regard. That's the father. That's the love that he has lavished on us with his son. Giving he put a price tag on what you and I are worth, and that was his son. That's a pretty decent price tag. I can't imagine anything 
larger in our life. So what he asks of us is are we willing, you know, picture in this scene, us as the daughter and God the Father, and I'm comparing Iron Man to God right now, okay? Just stay with me. If you, if, you know, if you know Iron Man within the movie, he's a little narcissistic, so just stay with me for a moment. But she says to her daddy, I love you 3,000. Great quote. One of the greatest quotes ever in Marvel history. Says it to her dad. What do we need to do in our life to be able to say that to God? What needs to heal? Do you need healing with the relationship you have with your dad? Relationship that you have with family? Relationship you have with others? What's blocking us from saying that? Is it pride? Are we too manly? Are we too womanly? Are we too whatever? Like, what is it going to take for God to draw that out of us? You know, I look at the story of Jonah. And I love this story because Jonah goes and he preaches this and the entire city of Nineveh comes to know God. God forgives them. God lavishes love upon them. And they, they went from, it was this fish-like God called Dagon that they worshipped. It was really, you just Google it sometimes, really weird looking. And all of a sudden, they realized that they missed out on serving the actual, real, genuine, living God. And God forgives them and they turn their back and they turn their ways and they start worshipping the true God. Why? Because God loved them. It's a switch. So we have to be able to say to God, I love you 3,000 Before you're able to do that, I want you to know that I believe God wants to say that to you. Let's watch the last part of this clip. Go ahead. At any time isn't untimely. This time travel thing that we're going to try and pull off tomorrow, it's it's, it's got me scratching my head about the survivability of home. And again, that's the hero gig. Part of the journey is the end. What am I even tripping for? Everything's going to work out exactly the way... It's supposed to. I love you 3,000. Love that. Some of you need to hear that this morning. That God loves you 3,000. Okay? He does. Here he is. The city that people didn't even worship him. They didn't even know him. The city had turned their back completely on God. I know none of us ever have. Okay, let me just make it straight. We've all turned our backs on God. Every single one of us. Even the pastor. Yeah, I have. There's times I've doubted him. There's times I haven't been able to see him in every situation. There's times I've even doubted that he loves me that way. Because I don't, sometimes I don't realize I'm good enough or I'm worth it. And then I have to realize and look at the price tag that God put on it. God put a price tag on this city of Nineveh. These people that were like evil. These were like awful people. They were going the wrong way. And, and Jonah actually gets mad at God. You know, in, in chapter 4, it's a real short book. In chapter 4, this is why it's really interesting. Jonah's out on crying and whining. He's like mad at God. And he goes, God, why would you do this? He's like, I can't believe you did this. Why would you save them? They don't even deserve it. Well, God's a gracious God. They got something they didn't deserve, right? So, let me show you one last verse in Jonah, and we're going to tie all this together. Go ahead. Last verse. Here it is. I knew, this is Jonah's words, that you are, say it with me, a what? Gracious and a what? Slow to what? And abounding in what? A God who relents from sending calamity. Okay? I know, I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. 
Okay? He's describing God and he's ticked at him right now. He's going, I can't believe you, but he's going, I know who you are. That's why God sent him. Because Jonah knew the true God. Okay? It wasn't about what he said or how he said it. It was the fact that he knew and had a relationship and God showed his grace to Jonah. That is the God in whom we surf. End game. What's your end game? What's your end game? I love the quote that Tony says here, Tony Stark. You know, journey is just part of the end. It's a great quote in the movie. Journey is just part of the end. What's your end game? You thought about the legacy that you get to leave behind. What is it? Okay, I can't answer that for you. What's the legacy that God has for you with your family, with your life? Are you living in that place of grace and compassion like we just read? Are we displaying those qualities? Do we have those qualities? Do we live by those qualities? I pray that we do. I believe today that God is longing to show you his love. God wants you to know that he loves you 3,000. Okay? I believe that the only way for any of us to have eternal life is through accepting Jesus, the Son of God. There's no other way. That's it. It's the only way. So Tim and I, we connect every other week or so at Acapulco. And Tim sends me this picture about a week after this accident happened. And it was all over Facebook. It was all over Fox 9, Carol 11, ABC, CBS. It was everywhere. And what happened in, in the uh, video text that he sent me, or picture text, excuse me, was a picture of the gentleman who crashed his vehicle. In fact, when they, when they told Tim to go grab his stuff out of his vehicle, they said, we just want you to know um, there's going to be blood in, in certain body parts within your vehicle that you have to go around to get your stuff. Like biohazards, they said. And he climbed through it. He went through it. He grabbed it. And then a week later, he received this picture. And I have the picture, but out of respect, and I'm not going to put this up on the screen this morning. Um, It's too gruesome. It's too bad. And, And the gentleman that crashed the vehicle had somebody in the vehicle with him. She's fine. She's okay. But then the gentleman uh, is on, you know, life support. We see him in bed. And they were fundraising to help cover the costs. It was somebody that's been messed up in drugs. Somebody that went down the wrong path. And here's what I want to say, and just a huge blessing to my buddy Tim. You know why Tim sent me the picture? Because he was going, do I give to this? That is the demonstration of the love that God has for us. He was demonstrating it through man. Somebody took his truck, vandalized him, violated him, took everything that was in there. And Tim goes, I want to show God that I love him 3,000 by showing this guy that God loves him 3,000. Would you do this with me this morning? Would you just pray? You can keep your eyes open, closed, bow your head, keep your head high, whatever you'd like, but just get in an attitude of prayer just for a moment. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you this morning if you've said yes to a relationship with Christ. That's why we do block parties. That's why we do what we do. We're going to continue pressing on and living for Jesus, getting to know Him better. But for those of you here this morning that have not made that commitment yet, 
we survive and exist for you because we love you 3,000 this morning. I want you to know that. So I want to pray for you. And then here's what I want to ask you to do. If today you made a recommitment, a decision to say yes to Jesus, um, maybe we can go back to one of those slides that has the number on it. Dalton, just put that number up. We want you to text yes to that number so we can pray for you. We want to, we, and we're not going to send you any junk mail. You can reach out to us if you want. But we want to pray for you. Because when you say yes to a relationship with Jesus, the angels literally have a party in heaven celebrating the fact that you have said yes to eternity. So I want to pray for you right now. God, I know that you sent your Holy Spirit because you were willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And so today I pray, God, that you're doing whatever it takes. No one is here by accident this morning. And I pray wherever we're at in life that our faith would grow one step stronger. Maybe that's a starting of faith. Maybe that's realizing who you are. Maybe that's saying we love you. Maybe that's being obedient to you. Whatever that is, God, would you just meet us where we're at right now? Father, for those that have said yes to a relationship with you today, God, we just want to praise you. We want to thank you. When we say yes to you, it means that we say, God, our old ways are behind us. We're living for you. Forgive us of our sin. Forgive us of our past. God, I lay it down today and I live for you in a new way. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your compassion. I thank you that you are slow to anger, God, and that you don't send things bad my way. You love me and you want me and you desire me. And so you have done whatever it took to get a hold of my heart. And I know this morning that you love us 3,000, God. Have your way in the hearts of people. Thank you, Jesus. God, would you bless Tony for sharing his testimony this morning with us, being vulnerable. God, I thank you for this man. I thank you for his heart. And I thank you for every heart that's in here that was touched by what he shared today. God, I thank you for Bob coming last week. Thank you for everything that's happened in Chicago. Thank you, God, even for the rain, even though it put a damper in our plans. But we want to go with your plans, God. So this morning we get to celebrate together. We get to have pizza together. We pray for it now. We pray that we have a great time just hanging out with you and each other, Lord, and doing life together. God, if there's anyone here that has ever felt lonely or discouraged or depressed or has dealt with anxiety or is waiting to hear those words from you that you love them, I pray that you would show them how they're real and they exist this morning. Have your way in our week to come. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.